Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation, Lesson 65. Hello and welcome to Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation. My name is Leila and we're joined today with our dear friend Farid Shafinuri. Salam Farid. Salam, hello. And we're covering our second poem in our poetry series. So our first poem, uh, Lesson 61, was Sohrab Sefehri's Dar Golestane. And Dar Golestane is a modern poem Sohrab Sefehri wrote in uh, the last century. And today we are going to the past of Iranian poetry and we are learning Rumi's uh, Ruzo Shab. So... First, let's talk about who Rumi was. So a lot of our listeners will probably recognize the name Rumi. He's actually the most read poet in the world. Um, and so he has the most sales of books. And he was a 13th century Persian poet. Um, but you have a lot more details about his life. So can you tell us who Rumi was and what um, kinds of poems he wrote? Rumi was a Sufi poet, and he wrote poems in the book of Masnavi and in the Divan of Shams of Tabrizi when he met Shams, which was a very pivotal figure in his life. Rumi believed that, and through his poem he shows that one acquires the knowledge to reach enlightenment or to reach the state of ecstasy or tarab uh, and the path of devotion and seeking but Rumi, as a Sufi poet, brings about the message that, not too different from Sohrab Seperi, actually, that uh, one becomes the knowledge. You become what you prof- you proclaim to be or proclaim or profess to want to achieve, some sort of uh, purity that uh, is embodied in, for example, uh, the mysticism that comes out of both uh, the Abrahamic religions of Judaism or Islam. You have Kabbalah, and then you have Sufism. And these interpretations of the religion, people like Rumi, poets, they brought it to life. And some would argue and say that Rumi is making it relatable because we, we all fall in love. Right. And we were saying before we were recording the podcast, you actually chose... Uh, Rumi as this second poet and you said it was a good juxtaposition with Sohrab Sefeji. Exactly. exactly. Like Sohrab Sefeji talks in very simple language and modern language that we understand now but Rumi did the same in his time. Exactly. And it's really amazing that we can read poems from the 1200s in Iran and we can still understand the language because it's maintained its integrity its grammatical structure absolutely exactly and and here in the poem that uh, you know I I thought might be appropriate um, if I may I'll just read a couple lines right now sure so what we're going to do with this poem it's a it's a longer poem and we will um, post the enti- poem in its entirety on the website but today we are just going to learn the first six lines. Six lines. And then afterwards, uh, I, I do want to talk a little the, the bit discourse, about... The discourse, absolutely. Right, and also about um, your your professor, Ostad Lotfi, right. who interpreted this poem with music. Um, but yeah, go ahead and read the six lines that we're going to cover. 
در هوایت بیقرارم روز و شب سرز کویت بر ندارم روز و شب روز و شب را همچو خود مجنون کنم روز و شب را کی گذارم روز و شب جان و دل را میخواستند از آشقان جان و دل را می سپارم روز و شب All right, that was beautiful. Um, and so, as you can see, there was a lot of repetition of that. Ruzo Shab, which, which is a mantra a, or a zikr. And, and you can sense that some of the poetry, or all the poetry in the Masnavi, has this circular pattern. And since you've seen the dervishes that dance with one palm to the sky and one palm to the earth, and they spin in unison with uh, the world. And they're spinning, and I, I'm not sure if it's counterclockwise or clockwise, mm-hmm. and I, I, we can double check on that. Mm-hmm. But this circular pattern of, of repetition and zayk and mantra, here you have ruz shab being day and night. Ruz meaning day, shab meaning night. And of course, we're going to go through the meaning of these words. So Right, and so to go back, you said the word zayk, and that is a... Um, the the chanting that comes in the in the Sufi tradition, and uh, it's supposed to take you to this place of devotion of like losing yourself, exactly. and uh, we have linked to Ustad uh, Lotfi's interpretation of this song, and you completely hear that happening. Well, um, he he loses himself exactly. in the recording, and and you see that through the repetition, if if you allow yourself to treat uh, this this piece by. Uh, Muhammad Reza Lutfi, uh, he's, he's improvising with this poem, And through the poem, you will, you will see where he goes off, and he's just Sufi rock and roll, right. so to say. And poetry and music you know, go hand in hand, which is the reason why Thayyid is so good to um, come on these podcasts and talk to us about these, because he understands that. And Lutfi was actually his teacher, um, last for the last poem we linked to Shahram Naziri, who's also a very famous musician, um, and Lotfi is also um, a teacher of many of these musicians in Iran. And Fai was lucky enough to be able to work with him for a while, um, and so definitely listen to that recording that we've linked to. Um, but yeah, let's go through this this poem and. Uh, like we did last time, we're not going to learn specific vocabulary words in this lesson. We're just going to go through the feeling and the meaning behind the poems. And uh, later, I'm going to go through the vocabulary in the later lessons. And we're going to see what phrases and uh, specific words we can learn from, from this poem. So let's go back through and read the first two lines. Darhavayat. بی قرارم روز و شب سرز کویت بر ندارم روز و شب Okay, so again, that روز و شب got repeated twice and that's an important part to know in this poem. روز, the word for day, شب, the word for night. And so 
در هوایت بیقرارم روز و شب And notice before we get into the meaning, because mm-hmm. something that we I, I want to touch upon now is that through translation, the musicality gets sacrificed. Right. And what is so um, instrumental and what makes this into a zikr or a mantra is uh, somehow tapping into the music of the poem. Right. So if, if, I, if I'll read this again, notice that there is an inherent rhythm. در هوایت بی قرارم روز و شب I'll repeat it again در هوایت بی قرارم روز و شب سرزکویت بر ندارم روز و شب So this, this uh, rhythm is what's circling around and around and so as we do the translation I guess uh, we begin <laughs> در هوایت in the air or in the essence of you and the space of you that hava yet hava meaning breath and meaning air and meaning space hava dar hava yet within the air of you hava yet bi qarara meaning I am impatient. I don't have any patience. Be qararam. Be without qarar. Or not knowing where I must be. Dar hawayat bi qararam ruz u shab. And he's, or he or she is, is proclaiming that. A day and night I am in the essence of you impatient mm-hmm. for you. Sar zakuyat bar nadaram ruz u shab. And here kuyat Also, you, you'll find in the Masnavi um, that it's payat as well. And sometimes those mm-hmm. words are interchangeable because of depending on where the book is being written or who's interpreting it. Kuyat, sarzekuyat bar nadaram ruzushab. My head lays upon your feet and I shall not remove my head. Day and night. I shall never remove my head bowing towards you mm-hmm. on your feet or kuyat or or your mountains mm-hmm. or or your shoulders. I am my head will and here's different ways of interpreting it because the romantic sense is he, this is a lover between a lover, which makes it relatable. And how come a love between Two people can't be just as existential and as cosmic and as divine as, for example, the love between you and your creator or whatever divinity that you choose to worship. در هوایت بی قرارم روز و شب سرزکویت بر ندارم روز و شب Day and night, day and night. And, and this is where Rumi is, is losing himself in, in this, in this um, never-ending a quest for for knowledge and 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 his love and we move on to the third line ruz o shabra hamcho khod majnoon kona ruz o shabra and here you see that he's brought ruz o shab in the beginning right whereas in the first two lines it ends with ruz o shab mm-hmm. and now he's beginning with it mm-hmm. so if one reads this quickly for example from the second to third line mm-hmm. it would sound sarz kuyat bar nadaram ruz o shab ruz o shabra Mm-hmm. So, and here is a different way of interpreting this, and it breaks the zikr 
and it becomes almost more of a dialogue mm-hmm. because you're removing the rhythm. Ruz o shabra hamcho khod majnoon konam. Day and night, I shall be majnoon, and majnoon here is crazy. Right. But, but the gravity of it, and for me, just to use crazy as a translation would would remove a lot of that magic because right. majnoon, when you say it, notice how your lips pucker. Mm-hmm. Majnoon. When you say noon, your lips come in almost in, uh, as if one is uh, to kiss. So, روز و شب را همچو خود مجنون کنم روز و شب را کی گذارم روز و شب So, so in, your, in your mind, as the, the image that Rumi is, is uh, etching into your, your neurons and into your, into your vision, روز و شب, روز و شب, روز و شب and then, this, and then you begin to see also what is روز و شب You have the light and the dark right. And you have that sort of almost um, Circular Circular, yin yang comes to mm-hmm. mind. Also, um, du- duality, you know, and and w- th- this imagery is is extremely spiritual. So let's go over that third and fourth line, and if you can kind of explain what's going on there. So you said, konam, to make ma- crazy. Yeah. So day and night, I am crazy. You know, or if it's you know, to a lover, it's uh, same meaning. He's at a loss between. I don't know which day and night exists. I don't know what day is which day. I don't know what night is what night. The loss of the calendar, the loss of time. Time becomes obsolete. So in in the in the fourth line, Ruzo Shapro When shall I know what day? What day will I see you? What what night shall I see you? I don't even know what day and night it is. I am crazy day and night. I'm I'm he's 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 just gone off the edge of the cliff mm-hmm. in his pursuit of love. Okay, so that was the first two parts and now the last part that we're covering. Um if you can read the last two lines. جان و دل را میخواستند از عاشقان جان و دل را میسپارم روز و شب جان و دل را میخواستند از عاشقان so here in the fifth line the last two lines جان و دل را میخواستند از عاشقان here روز و شب is not being repeated in this line right mm-hmm. you don't you do not have it there but you have جان و دل and then you have this rep and this is a little mm-hmm. trick that Rumi does uh, he brings in and he he brings in other repetitions mm-hmm. and, and and plays with that. So John Odell Ra Michastand as Ashagan John Odell Ra Misaparam Ruzusha. So John Odell is now being repeated here. So John meaning your life, life your existence. Del meaning your heart. Right. So the meaning here is John Odell Ra Michastand as Ashagan. They if it's if it's my life and my heart that they are asking for, that's if if I claim to be the lover, Ashagan, Ashagan is those that are in love, those that are in the trance of love. It's mm-hmm. a very deeper sense of just saying to be in love. The gravity, because you know Persians are dramatic, <laughs> you know. So us uh, being in a dramatic sense, the love is Ashagan. John Odenra mi khastand, and khastand is is to want or or expected. They expect our lives and our hearts because we are the lovers. Well, John Odenra mi separam ruzushab. Day and night, my heart and my life is for you. 
I will sacrifice every drop of myself. So here Coleman Barks or someone like Daniel Ludinsky, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, these authors, they interpret and they reinterpret these poems to make them beautiful. Because what's beautiful about Rumi is if it's if it's sung, if it's read, and it's original rhyme, music, and language. Because these poems have, um, the mysticism is it comes with the full package. You're not just reading. You're dancing. Mm -hmm. You're reading. Mm -hmm. You're reciting. And you are making music. and then to fall into that beat, into mm -hmm. that trance, you can imagine that in the 13th century, these Sufis would be repeating and whirling one hand to the sky, mm -hmm. one hand to the earth, and in this cosmic whirl. So we were saying last with the last poem, so Sohrab Sepehri had these themes, right? Exactly. He was talking about nature and, and all that. And, um, you know, he, he was also coming from this place of like Sufism and this mystical sect of Islam. And in the same vein, Rumi has themes. And I think this is a good place to start with the themes of Rumi. He's talking about love. And just like we said uh, last time about Sohrab Sepehri, a lot of what Sohrab is saying is metaphorical, but also it has like this very literal meaning. Same with Rumi. You know, here he's talking about this love and it can be interpreted as, you know, the the essence of life is love and that love, love for oneself, love for God. Um, but also you can literally interpret it as his love for this character, Shams Tabriz. Who Shams? Who was Shams? What is his Shams? There the is a <laughs> beautiful. Well, well, we it must be noted that you are Layla Shams. <laughs> Just a yes. little little comedy there, but um, you being related to to Shams. Uh, well, Shams at Tabriz, Tabriz being the city and north uh, west of Iran. Mm -hmm. Um. Apparently, the story goes, and there's many different stories, because many different nations, it, it, this is a pan-Persian uh, poet that spanned both the, the, the Turks, the, the Arabs, and the Persians, mm -hmm. and the Afghan, Afghans, and so forth. Because the Persian Empire was so big was back so then, big. It, it spanned did. a lot of different cultures. And exactly, and the language of, of, the, of the empire was Persian, right. and, and, those, and that carried weight. So, so Rumi was was known to have met uh, Shamsa Tabrizi uh, at a time when he was uh, a poet and mm -hmm. he was he was uh, in in a state of seeking and and self-expression and when he met Shams uh, one of the stories if i can re uh, retell is that he meets Shams and get offers who was a dervish who was a dervish was was a was a mystic dervish mm -hmm. who 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 was also studying in a lineage and was was already a a man of of, of wisdom, but was a Sufi, mm -hmm. meaning he he interpreted his uh, knowledge and his 
in his sense of being uh, and the way he lived. So he, he was pretty much uh, probably a crazy man in the village, you know, someone that many people wouldn't let their kids come around. You know? <laughs> it's possible. Um, and when Rumi met him, Rumi brought a book to Shams and, and Shams threw the book into the fountain and said, I do not need to read your book, your poems. But the point of that is that Rumi was found his teacher and Shams became his teacher, but became also his object of love. And in Divan Shams and Tabrizi and in the Masnavi, you, you find poems that, that he that embody his devotion and his love and his admiration and his and his addiction and his absolute addiction mm -hmm. to 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 the beloved. And now of course, you know, the controversy here lies in what but Shams was a man and Rumi <laughs> is a man and so right. so was this an actual love affair and some people would probably absolutely say yeah why not you know right if you look at the poems literally, literally there's no question that he's talking about this like physical love for Shams for Shams there's no question right. there's no way around it but then again like we said last time the idea of like being drunk in persian poetry is this idea of like reaching exaltation and in the same sense his love for shams can be uh looked at metaphorically as a love for god right which also metaphorically is this love for oneness and yes. all that kind of stuff uh-huh no right right is it is it the metaphor or is it uh, is is shams is he talking about God or is he talking about some dude he met, you know? Um, but but it doesn't matter because ultimately, and you said it so so perfectly earlier, because it's love. Mm -hmm. And and, so, and the juxtaposition between Sohrab Sepiri and Rumi here, I, th I think, is valuable because they're both very simple in their poetry, mm -hmm. but very profound statements of love and the depth of how to feel and mm -hmm. to become. So, yeah. I think um, if there is if there is one poet that I would say um, embodies Persian mysticism, because a lot of the mysticism that we find in Sufism is actually a hybrid of the pre-Islamic culture of Iranians, which were Zoroastrians, and mm -hmm. and uh, there was a lot of mysticism in, in, in Zoroastrianism, and and in some ways, in order for those cultural values to exist and continue. Mm -hmm. um, Sufism came about and that interpretation of it you find most embodied and Rumi I feel becomes that embodiment mm -hmm. and like we said last time uh, we will be going over the like individual words in the next few lessons this you might feel a little bit lost listening to this poem because it, it is a little bit different than Sohrab Sabeti Sohrab Sabeti used very simple language that we can very clearly understand now, even with very limited knowledge of Persian. And uh, Rumi plays around with language a lot more. And the Persian language is very pliable in that it can be, uh, like the order of words can be changed, like we said, and uh, words can be reinterpreted to be more musically inclined. Um, so I, I would say it's a, pliable language but there's still it's, yeah, simple it's language in there that we can go over mm -hmm. but you shouldn't get wrapped up in the uh literal translation because it does make it lose its right. sense of poetry it's it's yeah because it's supposed to be felt exactly feeling here 
is I, and I think Rumi and Shams would probably agree is like feel rather than try to think exactly and the best way to do that like we said last time is to just memorize this poem so in the coming weeks when we go over the individual words the best thing to do is to keep reciting this poetry I would love to actually <laughs> see our listeners recite and yes. send us little video clips of them reciting it and like beautiful places <laughs> we're gonna have instructions on how to do that on the website because we do want to do that for sure awesome um, and we'll send it to fade and that'll be his <laughs> That's <my gift>. exactly <laughs> that'll keep him going on on these lessons um and so we're gonna stop this lesson there for now uh, send us any questions that you have any um suggestions for poems in the future um we have a lot of different poets that we can cover modern poets we can go back to you know Hafiz, Sadi, Rumi um, who are all a lot of fun to to go through and we're going to link to Lotfi's interpretation of this poem as well um, which we listened to before starting this podcast and it blew us both away um, and so Fayed thank you for joining thank us thank you thank you for having me and we'll be back next time with more poetry Thank you.